Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hey, Crystal. Hi, Trisha. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm so excited that it's finally raining. I know. <laughs> I know. I love it. I know. Other people in the other parts of the country, they hate it when it when it rains. But those of us who've grown up in the Pacific Northwest or live here in the Pacific Northwest, we love the fall when it rains. So and it's w- washed all that smoke out. So mm-hmm. I am um, I'm happy today. And it's cooler outside, which seems to make sense since we're heading into the second half of October. So yeah, it's great. I noticed the other day that as I drive down the road, the trees are all beautiful right now, yes. like all the different colors of yellow, orange, and red. It's just so pretty. And I also love the, you know, not being from the Northwest, I never appreciated how much we look forward to the next season here. I mean, we love the season we're in, but as we get closer to the next season, I notice people changing. They all they want the rain. So they say, oh, I wish it would rain. Oh, I wish it would rain. And then when it rains, everything is good. Everything's right with the world again. Yeah. Oh, I wish it would snow. <laughs> or, or no, I don't want it to snow, right? Yeah. And then that either makes you happy or makes you sad until that's gone. But then spring. Yeah. I mean, the way we have our seasons here, this is the only place in the country. I've lived all over the country. It's the only place in the country that I know of where when fall starts on a specific day, the leaves start changing that day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And when spring springs, you know, say it is spring today. Yeah. Well, every daffodil is in bloom. It's yeah. wonderful. I love it. It's like, it's kind of like Oz. <laughs> <laughs> we, we follow the calendar. We're, we're aligned. <laughs> I love it. So today, last week, we had a really great time with Glodine Champion. That was fantastic. Oh my gosh. I learned so much from her. She's an amazing woman, and I've been following her for the last weekend, and I think I told you that she is going to be doing, and she may be actually taping it right now, uh, a TED Talks. Yes. From the Cal State, um, or was it, California State University in Monterey. They brought TED Talks and the crew and stuff there, and then she's going to be doing another one in Boston. So she's on the move right now. So I'm really glad we had a chance to get her before she got too busy, you know, to spend time with us. Yeah, it was really fun. And I just love that all of her message, but especially leaving us with the love message. I thought that was just really great that it really Mm -hmm. comes down to that. And I thought it was really interesting too. We've got a lot of our speakers who actually are really focused on that. So I, I, I love that alignment. Um, And we definitely need more of that in the world. You know, I think that's a really good thing to talk about at some point, because one of the things that I think is often kind of dismissed in the world is the what some people call the softer side of being a leader or the softer side of being a human being, right? Saying the word love, you don't want to say it to too many people. You only want to say it to, you know, people that matter because you don't want people to think that you are, you know, 
little too kumbaya or whatever. But yeah, that's just not true. You know, we live in a world now where things are so the opposite in so many ways yeah. that I personally feel much more comforted knowing that um, I can concentrate on what I consider to be one of my main purposes, which is to spread the love yeah. and to help other people um, own their love, you yeah. know, and own it because it's, it's what makes us strong. It's what makes us leaders yeah. in so many ways. You know, that compassion, that empathy, that, that ability to touch the heart of somebody else being vulnerable is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and that connection, right. That we all crave that connection, whether that happens, you know, in person or it's happening over zoom, mm -hmm. but to really just, we know that that's a big piece of coaching, right. Is being able to give space for people that to connect um, with yeah. somebody and for them to be heard and listened to and pay, paid attention to um, that helps people to actually move forward and to make transformation in their life. And didn't we find that out in spades as we were talking about, um, you know, going through COVID, we had kids in school who yeah. didn't have those yes. connections. We had people who were in at work who were either at home and away from everybody and, and their only connection was they may see the face, they may know the person, but it's on a flat screen, yeah. right? And it's very yeah. different. It's it's kind of hard to um, share the your feelings over a device. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't feel the same, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that she talked about yes, last week, which she talked about so many things, I think we could unpack her in, oh, <laughs> I don't know, 30 episodes. <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the things that I really... Like she said something about, you know, she was talking about pay equity, actually. And she was talking about leaders doing some self-reflection and really, you know, looking in the mirror. And, you know, in context, she was talking about as you're, as you're making decisions about equitable pay and making decisions about putting people in positions that are similar or the same and paying them that way, you yeah. know. And so, yes, I got that. And... It made me think, though, how little we really talk about self-reflection in leadership, and especially now that um, I think you know I've talked to you before about how I think we really are on the kind of on the brink of going into a new age. Yeah, I think that things like coaching are becoming very popular because people are a little lost and not quite knowing, or they or they kind of are getting it, but they're not quite sure what the picture really looks like. And coaches are really great at helping people unpack themselves. Yeah. And But for those people who don't have coaches, it's still critically important, right? Yeah. And so we've been, I was combing through articles, which I seem to do a lot of. I'm like, <laughs> I love to deep dive in the computer. And one of, I we have a couple that we'll, we'll get into in a, maybe in, our next episode, I don't yeah. know. But in this one, I wanted to touch on an article that I saw that came out of Forbes, and it's called 10 Things Every Leader Should Challenge. And it is also very much about self-reflection, you know, challenging yeah. your thinking, challenging yeah. things like that. So I thought we could talk about that a little bit today. What do you think? I love that. And I think it also aligns so well with what Glodine was talking with us about, too, this equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And we really need to rethink everything mm -hmm. and to put that lens at the center of what we rebuild. 
And so I think this article really, while it doesn't come right out and call that out, it is saying, hey, take a look at these 10 things and see what do we need to do new? And Mm -hmm. I think we need to take that equity lens and make it that center point for everything that we're doing. Wow. You know, I... As you're saying that, I was thinking about one of the paragraphs that's in this article, and they were talking about how, you know, innovation and um, and leading change is really not about process. And when you think about DEI or EDI or EDIB or you know mm-hmm. the acronym, yeah. <laughs> but when you think about that, I think that there may be people still in the world that, and I know I've done that before that think that there's a process to this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not, you know, maybe it is doing more, um, you know, getting a mindset, you know, thinking about what something looks like, what's the impact of an action, what is, it's not a process, it's about it's about getting an understanding of what you're viewing or what you're experiencing or what, you know, something that has an impact on you. And that is very much something that requires often um, a person doing a deep dive internally, because if you don't understand how to even recognize that, you may think it's a process Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's more than that. And I, I think we'll probably be helping people with that in the future as well. But this is, to me, that's that's the way I sort of see this. What about yeah. you? Well, I think it's both and is what I would say. So I think you're right on. Like when you you need to come to this um, with this this transformation, this change, with that bigger, broader perspective. But I do think process can be part of it. Mm-hmm. So really understanding what are we currently doing. And, and really diving into what is the process mm-hmm. and then taking that mindset and really challenging that process and then figuring out how do we put that process back together in a way that is better. Um, so I think, I think there's both. I think that mm-hmm. process can play an important role depending on what you're actually looking at. Right. And yeah. I, I guess I have to back up and say that I think that's right too. It's just I think about um, – you know, how easy it is to to lean on process. And so that's partly why I said it's not really about process. It's yeah. really about more than that. Yeah. Um, I think that there are, it's also a mis- in my view, and it would to me be a mistake if I were to look at equity and say, okay, the process to becoming equitable yeah. requires that you do this, this, and there's a protocol for it, right? Yeah. And right. there just isn't. I don't, I don't think there is. I think that we evolve over time. It's sort of that whole transition thing that we've talked about a million times, right? Um, it's how, when I'm ready to hear that message, I'll hear it. When I'm ready to drink in the concept and, and think about it and you know, bump it up against my own values and see how it fits for me, um, then I'll be able to hear it. But until that time, it's still a foreign object or it's still a foreign entity to me. And so, um, and I'm not saying that it is to me right now because I feel like I'm really, really getting into this a lot. Um, finally, I think yeah. I, I always lived it because I, of the circumstances, the way I was raised, but, um, 
but I think there's always, always room to improve and grow and, and to do things differently. If yeah. there wasn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Yeah. I think the other thing I would say before we dive into this, just as far as system or process goes, maybe it's both together, is that I think that's one of the things that is really helpful in that equity work is to highlight the system, which can sometimes be completely invisible to us because we live it. We live in the water, mm -hmm. right? And so right. we don't even realize where did these systems come from? Where did those rules come from? And what has been the impact over time? And we probably don't even know all of that, but of what those impacts are, but we're seeing, we are starting to see what those are. And so I think that's part of that unpacking piece too, is yes. to be able to actually highlight it, see it, what that system for what it really is, and then to question it. It's almost um, the external, you know, self work. Yeah. You know, you're, you're looking at something that is happening all around you that to your point, you may not have even noticed was there because you're in it. But being curious enough to do some di deep diving, yeah. being curious enough to look for the meaning behind something or the history behind something or, you know, what yeah. led up to it and why, you know, and all yeah. those things so that, I mean, it, it is something that, um, unfortunately, our school systems, when we were yeah. kids, never even touched on stuff like this. And now they are, thankfully, yeah. finally, yeah. looking at it. But there's a whole group of people. In fact, you know, most of our population, I would say, still doesn't understand. And it's because we were never introduced to it at a time when it would have probably been uh, stickier for us. We would have yeah. we would have learned something. We would have we would have seen it in action and like kids today are seeing yeah. it. So you know, I think there's a there's um, a lot that we are coming into now that yeah. we didn't have back you know back ten years ago when I was a child. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's it's just so true. I I think that's and. Definitely, I know I'm not an expert on the the DEIJ, mm -hmm. DEIBJ, um, and I I'm a learner. Uh, I'm a learner, mm -hmm. and so I I um, I think what you were saying about the curiosity, like continuing even when it gets uncomfortable, mm -hmm. continuing to lean in and stay curious and listen and engage. Yeah, because yeah. to Glodine's point, are you going to die if you know this? Yeah. No, you're not yeah. going to. Mine is always, are you going to melt? Are you going to yeah. internally combust? Well, guess what, folks? If you're not going to do it, what's keeping you, right? Yeah. 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 So um, this article is all about challenging. And so we're kind of talking about that, you know, challenging my thinking, uh, challenging best practices that we've seen. Um even challenging the culture that we're in, you know, and by challenging, we're not talking about going out and fighting it. We're talking about going out and finding more out about it, you know, and, and seeing, asking those questions. Is this, is this true? Is this the way it really is? Is this the impact everybody's, you know, it's having on everybody? Um, is there anything else, you know, what else might be um, available? And it's, it's a cur that curiosity again, but 
this is where we're going. You know, this is the future for leadership. It is not, you know, we keep talking about this and people may think, well, that's nice to say, but it is happening. And we're seeing that in leaders who are kind of lost right now in some places. They're not quite sure what they're doing wrong, but they've been doing it forever and it wasn't wrong last time. Yeah. And now it is. And it's because the world is evolving and business is evolving and culture is evolving. And we really, really, it's, it's, it's so important if you want to be, you know, the leader that you have always wanted to be, or if you want to keep being successful, you all, it's, it's almost incumbent upon us to look at every process and everything that we encounter and say, is this working? Is yeah. this, is this going to be working? Is this going to be working next year? Is this something that we can use? Yeah. You know, are people believing it? Yeah. And is it working for everyone? Yeah. And so um, I I loved one of these quotes um, in the article, so I'm just going to read it. Don't be the leader who encourages people not to fail Mm. or not to take risks. Be the leader who both models and gives permission to do the exact opposite of the aforementioned. Be a leader who leads. Yeah, I think that, and it's just so important. Yeah, it's... um, We're going to be getting into so much more detail in future sessions. We we have to because, you know, we've been talking about leadership in a broader sense in the past. And I think that our our podcasts have been pretty good. They've we've had a lot of topics that I think have really touched on where we're going. Um and I think that we somehow we may want to start adding parts of the roadmap in there a little bit more, um, a little more, uh, I don't know, tangible or something that yeah. people can, can kind of actually see. Uh, we're not going to give you the whole roadmap because guess what? That takes, that takes self reflection. <laughs> that takes all that stuff that we're talking about. Right. But, um, but we can certainly help guide in a certain direction without it being our direction. It's your direction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in here, I'm not going to go. We're, I don't want to unpack every single one of these, if you don't mind, Crystal, because I think there's 10 of them. But um, yeah. I think we could go through at least tell them what um, what some of the challenges are. Yeah. Right. So you, I love the, the first one. This mm-hmm. is this is like my sweet spot. <laughs> I like to challenge the foundation. And they're talking about here your core values your vision and strategy, is it aligned and is it available for everyone? Are we going in the right direction? Does it take into account the um, the new employees that we have, the employees we want to have, um, the business, the world? So challenging that foundation. And I was also thinking in relation to the impact that our business is having on the world. Like, are we having the impact both positive and reducing the negative mm-hmm. that we're having? Everything from how it impacts um, people and it ha- how it impacts the earth. So mm-hmm. challenging our foundation. That And I guess we are going to unpack a little bit of each one of these because the <laughs> second one, challenge the destination, I think is really important too. You know, I think some people believe that leadership is a destination. I want to be a leader right? Yeah. But it's really a continuum because leadership is not a thing. 
it is an action. It is, you know, it is um, behaviors. It, they are behaviors and um, attributes and things that, that make up somebody who may be called a leader. But in the real world, a leader is, is someone who demonstrates leadership behaviors, right? And yeah. leadership attributes. So going through and, and thinking about not just um, what are we going to talk about today, but what outcome do we want to have from that? You know, so even going into a meeting, this could be as simple as going into a meeting still of giving, instead of giving somebody an agenda, right? Write down what the outcomes of the meeting should be so yeah. that people have some place to move toward, right? Yeah. And I think that leaders are, are really going to be tasked with taking a look at, okay, the outcomes, are they the outcomes that, are we getting the outcomes right now that we're looking for? Are these the outcomes that are going to be sustainable? Is this what we want? Is this what people are going to want down the line? So that kind of goes into the next one, which is challenge the promise, Yeah. right? Yeah. So is your brand promise on target? That's a really big question. Yeah. Because before we ever had a, and why the worldwide pandemic would be the, the trigger, it was probably getting there before the pandemic. But the pandemic was such a, a rock you off your, your seat moment in our world that people all of a sudden felt they had to look at things differently because we didn't know what was going to happen next, right? Yeah. Well, yay, because that's what's going to move us into the next. Yeah. And the next needs to be something that is um, a part of what we're doing now that's sustainable to that point and things that may or may not even be thought of yet, right? Yeah. So Yeah. And this next one really goes to that as well. This is number four is challenge the model. Mm -hmm. So um, not all business models are created equal, essentially. So going back to the, again, kind of the foundation, the basics, what what is our business model uh, based off of? And do we have all the right assumptions? Mm -hmm. Um, And especially have we updated those? Do we know for sure that this is true? You know, and you just said that I was thinking, we're talking about things that people have to do differently and things that they have to think about differently. But that first one, that foundation, that doesn't usually change. You know, so much of what we do as leaders in business are cyclical. The things that we do are cyclical. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been in business now for 40 years and I have seen some of the leadership principles resurface in a seven year cycle, pretty much Mm -hmm. over my whole career. And, um, they may package it with a different word or a different phrase, but it's basically the same thing over and over again. So what you were talking about with the foundation and the values and, and you know that kind of thing that's just really important, I think that's the one thing that doesn't change. I think that's the one thing that is not cyclical. I think if we as leaders are looking at what really matters, what is our true purpose, what are we here for, those are, that's that's sort of the foundation of any business, isn't it? It doesn't matter what your model is. It doesn't matter what your product is or what your brand is. At that point, it's if we are all set on that foundation, all those things are built upon that. So that's the one thing that I don't see changing too much is values. I mean, the values, you may see different values crop up, but I'm talking about looking at your values and saying, are we doing this for the right reason? Yeah, yeah. So the values themselves may change, Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that used to be that we thought that that those didn't change, that those right. were the same forever and ever on right. a business. Um, we call those bedrock even. Mm-hmm. The world has changed so much that it, we would encourage organizations to look at that. Right. To say, what else do we need to have here to be reflective of the world around us or the world that we want it to be. And that's the foundation yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not the actual values because yeah. we know those will change over yeah. time. Whoever the CEO is or whoever the top, you know, <laughs> seriously, sometimes that is the yeah. case, right? But but the process or the or the the foundation, uh, the belief that values are something that yeah. we have to stand on. Yeah. That is that doesn't seem to change. Yeah. The next one is challenge the information. They recommend you don't think big data, think good data. And so Mm. instead of thinking about looking at uh, the difference between what's your gut reaction or what's your gut instinct on something or what does the data tell you or what does the uh, information tell you, what knowledge do you have? What information do you have that supports what you think or what you feel? that's important. We don't want to discount our gut feelings or, or what we trust because that's where your that's your your core values are coming out. And as human beings who are going to be driving business into the future, we have to trust that. That's what makes us different from machines running business. Yeah. That's what makes us different from AI. Right? Yeah. And not that we're going to always be in that case. I'm sure someday in the future, we're all going to be sitting in our cars that are floating over the airport or something and uh, waiting in traffic to get to wherever, maybe, I don't know, Paris. And uh, we will be retired because AI is now running the show, but <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The next one is challenge the organization. And <laughs> both you and I have been around a long time. Mm. We've seen organization structures come and go, right? And and theories around that come and go, re-engineering and, <laughs> you know, all of that. Centralized, decentralized, <laughs> it comes around. It's that cyclical thing. Right. But really taking a look at for this time and, and where we want to do, what we want to do and where we want to go, What's the best structure for us? Yes. And so questioning that. A new structure, maybe, you know, people get a little jaded, but it may be the right time to make that move into something different to meet the needs of the organization now. So not being afraid of doing that. We're already seeing that. You know, if you look at some smaller organizations that have had to really adapt themselves to hybrid work, right? Or even completely remote work. And they found through having people out of the office and away, some of them have found that they don't need to have the hierarchical structure that they used to have because they're getting what they need um, from their employees and they're getting more engagement than they had before. So it's like, you know, I think that there is is a little bit of... um, desire right now to be looking at organizations saying are we are we where we need to be is this the best we can be you know is this is this serving our clients is this serving us the yeah. best right yeah and who's represented on our executive team and what are the values that we see represented there by who gets to be on the executive team who's at the 
the top of the organization making those big strategic calls? And do we have the people we need in those roles as well? Yeah, so that's a big one. It is a big one, and it actually even kind of talks about, goes into this next one, which is challenge the culture. Um, I was reading an article the other day, and there was a comment or a, a, a quote in the, the article. I'm not going to quote it. I'm just going to you know, give you a, a snippet. But it was saying that a culture is really made up of, of uh, the worst behavior that mm-hmm. a CEO will put up with. That was our guest way back. Andrea Lucky um, yeah. gave us that. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's floating around again. And I think that that's really important because culture right now is sort of kind of up in the air. Some businesses are, are scrambling to find their culture because mm-hmm. their employees aren't around, so they don't know. Yeah. And they think an engagement survey is going to tell them, and quite frankly, I will tell you it's not. You know, it's not going to give you any idea about really what's going on in your culture. But, um, you know, there are some companies that have almost toxic cultures and they are super successful. And, but do we want to work in a culture like that? You and I have followed, you know, Marcus Buckingham and the love and work idea. And seriously, if I have to go into a toxic culture every day, I'm probably not going to be a very good worker because I, I'm going to be afraid about things or I'm going to be disgruntled about things. I'm going to be listening to all this negative junk and I don't want to, or I'm going to have to be at the, you know, the mercy of a leader who maybe believes in that. He that absolutely supports that kind of environment because to them, as long as work is getting done, that's okay. Right. Yeah. But we know that that's really not true. You know, we're adults and we, we, go into jobs because they're offering us an opportunity to do the things we like to do. And so when we get into an organization, we want to be able to practice our skills and we want to be able to practice our, our talents and, and share our knowledge. And it's kind of hard to do when we've taken that job and everything is completely the opposite of what we thought, right? So it's really important for leaders. I think about it all the time. How can I show up differently so that the people around me are not getting a negative vibe from me and thinking that's okay because yeah. that then becomes the microculture, right? right? I think that's important what you said there about as far as the microcultures. Yeah. So it's a bit of a misnomer, I think, to say that you know, you kind of say an organization has a culture, <laughs> yeah. but teams have a culture, departments have a culture, mm-hmm. and divisions, so divisions yes. have cultures. So it might be toxic in one area, but it might be just awesome in another. Yes. And so thinking about, you know, who are the leaders who have groups that they have a positive culture, they have a culture that's um, has psychological safety so people can actually contribute to their highest mm-hmm. level. So thinking about how do we take what we learn from those leaders in an organization and help spread that love to other parts of the organization. That's like so important. And I think about, you know, when we're talking about leaders who are actually demonstrating the all the behaviors that we want to see in a really healthy culture and, they, and their, the impact they're having is positive, it doesn't just happen 
to their direct reports. If they're that kind of a leader, nine times out of 10, they are actually that way with their peers. They're that way with their leaders. Yeah. They're that way with anybody outside. So it's that, you know, that good culture stone being, you know, thrown yeah. into the water and the ripple effect goes really far and wide. Um, that's what good leaders often do is they, they have that really good ripple effect in a toxic culture where there are fewer, and I mean toxic microcultures, we'll say, um, for those other people who might be in a bigger department and you've got maybe two really, really soundly uh, positive leaders, it can be wearing on them when everybody else is yeah. on the other side. It can almost polarize them to the point where they don't even want to connect with those other leaders. And that's not what we want to see. We actually want to see the other leaders you know, grab onto some of the, the great attributes that these good leaders are you know, demonstrating. I know that's what I look for. Yeah. I'm always looking for, you know, what leaders are really strong so that I can take a look at in myself what what is it that I want to demonstrate just the way they do. You know, yeah. I think that would be kind of that would be a great way if we had all leaders doing that. It'd be really yeah. fun. So. And that really goes into the number eight, which is challenging the talent. So what is it that we're looking for in our leaders? What are we looking for in our um, entry-level emerging leaders, what are we looking for in our individual contributors and bringing people new into the organization? Are we doing this right? And are these people that will follow our values and that want to um, do the good work that we have for them and are engaged in the organization? So thinking about not only bringing people in, but how do we develop and promote um, the people that are really modeling the way? You know, that as you're saying that, I was thinking about something Glodine said, and it was about succession planning. And, you know, she said that there's really no room for succession planning because what happens is that a leader tags on one person who's probably their favorite person who, you know, is their go-to person for everything. And all the other people who may have talent or may have absolutely have the potential to be great leaders in that person's role when they're no longer there are probably not even being looked at. So um, I thought what she said was really interesting because I spent years working in succession planning. And now that I look at it a little differently, I can see the, I can see why that's not such a positive way to, um, to promote leadership. You know, there's, there are other ways, let them compete, you know, let, let people compete for the job and let the best person, you know, stand, but to develop someone and let them know that they're on their way up the ladder. And that can, that can really wreak havoc on an entire department sometimes. So, yeah, I think the most important piece there though, is making sure that we're thinking about the future, Yes, that we have people that are actually being developed, that we're intentional about it. Those people who are interested and want yes. to actually move up in the organization, equal chance for people to do it. Mm -hmm. But but that we don't just let people languish um, and sort of say it's your your responsibility to figure it out because it won't they won't be ready and they won't they won't be able to make that next move up. No, but you know I'm thinking about how we develop our employees. You know there are messages you can send out or the way you message, the way we message development um, can be done in a way that everybody wants to participate. Yeah, and 
just because a person goes through development does not mean that that is you know, a fast track to leadership. Everybody's a leader in our view. So yeah. we believe that everybody's doing their leadership. So make them strong wherever they are. You know, it may be across the board. They may, they may decide they want to be in a different department, but at the same level. And if we're, if we're giving them opportunities to grow and they like it, you know, there are ways to message that so that people are yeah. more open to it. It's not, you know, I remember when I was really young, it used to be, oh, if you're not doing something right, we're going to send you to training. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> please don't do that. No, no. <laughs> so number nine was challenge the complex. It's talking about sophistication is synonymous with complexity. And that's not true. They, they want you to not fall into that trap of believing that. Um, great leaders challenge all things complex. And if they're smart, they look to simplify everything. And that makes so much sense. Yeah. I follow things when I know, when I understand the steps of something. Yeah. But if you give me a, an overall, <laughs> you know, overview of something that is absolutely out of my realm or I've never understood before, and you don't break it down so I can see it in my mind, it means nothing to me. So challenging that opens the world to everybody and it opens it to the leader as well because the more you're able to simplify something that's really complex, the more you own it because you're actually, you're breaking it down for yourself. And now it's like a greater understanding. You can see how you can insert different talents into something and it can be actually kind of fun to do that it, in terms of it, it's just all this too big stuff we don't do that anymore you know let's get rid of the big language let's get rid of the you know the uh, processes that um, are not explained that people just need to get on board with and it's like I don't know where I fit into this puzzle so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and then the last one which is the most important and kind of brings us full circle to where we started today is challenge yourself so it's that self-reflection and always questioning why we're doing something and how we're doing it, but also inviting others to challenge us as well and being really open to that. So thinking about how leaders can do that is literally just asking people about something specific they've done. So I hate that question of what can I do better? Just like mm -hmm. that open question, because people are like, nah, I don't know. And it's hard to criticize anyway. Mm -hmm. So especially if there's a power dynamic there, but actually think about what is it that you want specific feedback on and then give people the opportunity to give feedback on that. I've had a lot of opportunity lately to coach people, leaders that are uh, thinking about how do I how do I do this? How do I actually get feedback? And when they when they try that and they create a culture of feedback where they're giving feedback and then they're asking for feedback and it just becomes part of their one or one on one, mm -hmm. just uh, just part of the kind of the flow and the rhythm of their leadership, then it becomes so much easier because people get practiced at it and they realize that they aren't they aren't going to internally combust as you right. were talking about right? right and and it becomes timely too so that um it becomes a lot easier for people so it's creating that culture of feedback where you both give it and receive it i like that and i think that it is also it can get to a point where it is just the conversation um i think about 
like businesses like Boeing or um, companies that build train cars and things, you know, they give feedback in the moment when people are doing that building, right? And then the people who are getting the feedback are not taking it personally. They're not getting hurt by it. They're taking that feedback and they're putting it into play. And then the the person who gives the feedback sometimes is watching and they go, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And here's why. And then that person gives feedback to other people. And it's more of a, it's more of a collaborative moment for everybody to actually, you know, get to process improvement and get to a closure on, on, um, an objective, you know, to actually get a result. And I know that that's, that's a different kind of feedback, but, who knows? I mean, it's any kind of feedback, right? Yeah. Being able to take in feedback and know that it's not personal, that somebody wouldn't give me that feedback if they didn't care about me. Yeah. For one thing, if yeah. they didn't care enough, they would never even try. They go, yeah. no, no, you're, you're good. It's all right. But at the same time, when you get it, taking a look at it and saying, okay, so when, when I do this, this is not what I want. They want to see. If I'm giving feedback, I'm going to be as specific as I can about it, and and an example of what I saw that told me that, so that the person knows what to continue doing if it's great, or what to stop doing if it's not, or what to question because yeah. it may not be that my feedback is right. Yeah, you know. So it might be another part of a conversation, but. It doesn't have to be um, anything that where you feel like you're being attacked. It doesn't have to be that way. And I notice more and more people are getting good at feedback. I'm starting to see it anyway yeah. in my business, and I'm loving it. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, this is that's this is feedback. This is process improvement, right? Yeah, yeah. And always remembering, like you were saying, remembering that giving positive feedback is just as important. In fact, oh. it's more important, right? I mean, the research shows that. You have to have, what is it, 12 good things to one bad thing mm-hmm. that you're, one corrective action that you're giving in order for it to feel by the receiver as balanced. Yes. That's how much we focus on the negative feedback. I, I had a coaching client recently who is challenged right now, new in a job, dealing with a leader that person has never had before. And, um, the leader was giving positive feedback to the, the new employee. And the employee did not know how to take it because they'd never ex- received positive before. I think that this person's in the right role now because this is something that is making a difference in the way um, he does his job. But it's new. It's like a new concept. Yeah. So if any of you leaders out there are going to give feedback and it's positive... Just know that you might be, you might get a few weird glances back because people may not be used to it. Or if you're one who gives positive feedback all the time, you're just doing a good thing, right? You've probably got a pretty healthy culture going on. Yeah. I think um, the other thing I just want to say about feedback, which often gets overlooked, is we have to make the change. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we focus so much on accepting it but are we actually demonstrating that we're doing something different? And that's the other thing that is so important in that creating that culture of feedback is people, if they risk and they give you the feedback, you've got to actually talk to them about it, but also 
if you can make a change Mm -hmm. and then circle back and say, hey, um, you know, how's that going? Did that change for you? Is there something else I can do to continue to to make an improvement here. That is the key right there. Yeah. You know, it's uh, the feedback and, and working on it is, and, and actually taking it and putting it in action is great. That's great. But you've got to go back to the person that gave you the feedback because if they don't see you very often, they may yeah. not know that. Yeah. Or if they, if they don't recognize that you're really working on it, that's a great conversation. So I've been doing this lately and I'm, and I'm thinking that I'm going in the right direction. And I'm just, you know, I was just wondering if you could, you know, give me some feedback the next time you see me doing this and, and let me know what you think, you know, yeah. or something like that. And that just starts a conversation, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. Great. Well, thank you for bringing us this article, Tricia. It was, it was really fun to, to unpack. And I think there was a lot of a lot more depth there than we might have thought from the beginning when it was just a... a <laughs> when I said, let's just do a summary. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So let's keep that conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at Lifting underscore Leaders. There are so many exceptional podcasts coming up, more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on our Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. You might also notice that we didn't give out challenge questions this time. We're going to make you work for it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're still looking for people to reach out. We want to engage you. And so um, shoot us an email uh, or um, you can uh, DM us, uh, send us a note on Facebook, um, and we would love to send you our challenge questions. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, again for co-hosting and bringing us this article and leading the conversation today. Thank you, Crystal. Was that a fun? And thank you to our audience for listening. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week. Take care.